This episode is brought to you by Fortis et Fidelis, honoring the brave and faithful service of our fallen. The free will never forget. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Brave and Faithful Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Raiden Dionisio. And today I have an Army veteran, and he's also the, the senior manager of the Southeast region for the Travis Mannion Foundation. I have none other than Jason Dodge. What's going on, Jason? How are you doing? I'm actually doing great. I really appreciate the opportunity like to be here. So thank you so much. Well, again, thank you for taking the time and, you know, sharing your story with us. So, you know, let's talk about the Army. You know, um, can you just tell us a little bit about your service? When did you join and how long were you in the uh, service for? Yeah, I actually spent four years active duty Army from 2002 to 2006. And then I separated from active duty Army in September of 2006. Um, it actually took me to join the Army to realize I actually really wanted to be a college student, um, but also while I was uh, in so college, I spent another six years in the West Virginia Air National Guard. So I transferred over to the Air Force. Um, I really enjoyed my time in the service, um, but I, I feel like um, in the second chapter um, of my life that I'm really having a chance to serve again, um, not only working um, at the Travis Manu Foundation, but also spending the past um, almost eight years working um, in the nonprofit sector um, for various veteran service organizations. So you mentioned, it, you said it took the military for you to, to get into college. What, what made you uh, realize that and what made you say that? Um, I would say prior to joining the military, I kind of felt like I was all over the map. I really didn't feel like I had a lot of structure really didn't have a lot of structure. Um, so growing up and, the, and it was something about the military that just made some sense for me and the structure, the confidence, um, um, serving something that is greater than yourself. Um, I kind of felt like I was more so reflective and just trying to, um, I guess, carve out my path. Um, right. And being active duty army, I realized that my goals had changed, really enjoyed my time. It wasn't like one of those bad times um, in the military where you do, I guess, a contract um, and then something happens and you feel the need to get out. I just felt the need that I wanted to go to school and I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Wanted to get a degree in sports management. I wanted to go home to the DC area and um, I wanted to work in professional sports. Um, and it was just very so clear for me. And since it was clear, that passion to start that path um, was a lot stronger than staying in service. But after I got out, like I still felt that need to serve. So that's why I transferred over and spent another six years in the Air National Guard while I was a full-time student. Okay. So, I mean, like, like a lot of us that join the service, uh, you know, a lot of us feel the, uh, feel the need to do something greater than, or be part of something greater than ourselves, right? And I guess, um, you know, obviously discipline, um, and the leadership, the camaraderie that the military provides, would you say that was, what was like, what was your biggest takeaway from that? And, and that's helped you with, you know, with your college and pursuing your, your degree and, and, and what you're doing now? Um, I would say um, prior to joining the military, 
I really didn't have um, a lot of experience of really so giving back to my local so community. Um, okay. Yeah, when I was younger, I was in so Boy Scouts, but really didn't uh, didn't really feel like I was a part of the community. But something about wearing the uniform and being a part of something that is greater than yourself, um, and just learning what um, so servant um, leadership is all about. After I left active duty, I still felt a need to so serve. Um, and having a chance to um, transfer over to Air National Guard, it definitely was a chance to serve, but also getting more involved in my local um, so community, so volunteering, um, and, and that's what I think that I was missing. And I know I'm about to make a broad so statement, but I think a lot of like service members, men and women, when they get out, I think that's the one piece that they're missing. But I think they feel that, hey, I took off the uniform. I'm no longer like Sergeant Dodge. I guess I can't serve anymore. And I believe there's a lot of ways to serve and you don't have to wear a uniform in order to serve. Yeah, and, and you know, I agree with you is like, a lot of us or a lot of the variants that get out or separate or retire or whatnot, they struggle with that, right? They struggle to find that next mission, that next, that purpose, another purpose, uh, what I like to call their second service. What is your advice for, for the veterans or, you know, the people who have separated, retired out of the military? What are, what is your advice for them in, in helping them find that next purpose and their next uh, service? Get involved in your local so community. Um, there's a lot of organizations out there. Find that one thing that you're so passionate about. I actually have a friend here in Atlanta. Um, he's passionate about so rescue dogs. So pretty much his nights and weekends, he has a local so shelter. Um, and it's almost like he's a full-time employee there. And he says like that's his place. Um, and so giving back. Um, so there's a lot of examples of giving back in your community. And I think in this day and age with a lot of things that are going on in the world, rolling up your sleeves and finding a cause, finding a purpose greater than yourself and getting out in your community and giving back um, um, is definitely a great start. And especially if you're getting on the military, because now you're meeting like new people. Now you have a chance to expand your network. Um, and plus, it's just going to make you feel good, really, versus right. coming home from work. And I've done it myself and I'm going to binge on Netflix. Uh, you know, I think we've all done that on our nights and weekends, but I think my best nights and weekends is when I am getting out in the community, I'm meeting new people, I'm expanding my network, but more importantly, I'm giving back, serving others. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's the key, right? Like we joined um, in service of others. And I think that's important when you get out, it's just tr trying to find another way to serve, like you said. Um, so let's talk about your transition. You mentioned you uh, you got out of the army, you left and went back to school, and you also joined the Air National Guard. Is is that right? Okay. How was your transition uh, for you? How was that experience? I feel I got really lucky um, because I actually got accepted into college before um, I got accepted into so Shepherd University while I was still on active duty. It was the only school that I applied to um, and I got in. Shepherd University is located in Shepherdstown, um, so West Virginia. That's the eastern panhandle of West Virginia, but still so 60 miles outside of the DC area. And that's where I grew up. 
it was a small school and it has a great program for sports management. And I feel like I got really lucky making that so transition into something new. But the one part that I really struggled with in my first year of being a student was imposter syndrome. Um, um, being in my late 20s, um, I guess I had enough credits I could transfer over and I was a sophomore. So being in my late 20s, a sophomore and sitting in a classroom, so setting, um, I, I kind of struggled with really my identity and really finding my place on so campus. Um, so that first year, it definitely wasn't easy, but I think the military, I know for a fact, like prepared me um, to where when I thought I was having a bad day at school, I was like, you know what, a bad day at school is better than a bad day in the army. Um, but I would say the one thing that I did miss from active duty, um, I didn't miss the circus, but I missed the clowns. Um, <laughs> um, I really missed that brotherhood. Um, um, I really did. And sure, I did get it in the air guard, but that's one week in a month. It's two weeks in the summertime. Whereas when you're on active duty, it's really not a job. It's a lifestyle. And I didn't realize how much I was going to miss that. But I knew that I was exactly where I was supposed to be in school, though, even though I, I kind of struggled with finding myself and, and finding a purpose on campus. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that the military prepares you to do once you leave or separate, prepares you to do anything that you you want to do, right? Like, like, like you just mentioned, like a, a bad day in school is better than a bad day in the army, or like being deployed somewhere away from family, right? Like you have that uh, mentality, uh, you know, you have a stronger mentality for, for that. Um, so that's that's good to hear. Um, so Jason, what's been what's been the most rewarding? Well, let's let's go back. How did you how did you get with the Travis Manning Foundation? Wow. Um, do you mind if I kind of tell you the long story? Because I, I want to tell you everything that led up to it, because I believe that it was a series of events um, that okay. actually yeah. started. Um, it actually started back with my internship with the Washington football team um, back in 2011. November of 2011 was very impactful. How did, so how did you get that internship? Um, I guess so networking. Um, I, I think it definitely helped my academic advisor had a lot of connections there. Um, I didn't listen to him on one part because I put all of my chips in for the Washington football team and I didn't have a backup plan. So I'm glad that worked. Um, but yeah, I just want to, I just want to say like, I'm, um, what you just said there networking. I think it's important for, for people to hear that is because, you know, the people that you meet, you never know where that can lead to. And, you know, it led you to th that football team and it led you to what you're doing now. Um, I apologize for cutting up, but I mean, I, I want to, I just want to make sure uh, that, you know, the listeners or viewers uh, take that, take that in notice. So. Absolutely. And um, I think a lot of people do struggle with leaning into their network because Asking for help is not easy, and I know that veterans struggle with that as well. But there's a network out there of people, and there's a lot of people who really want to help. So lean into your network. So LinkedIn is huge. If you're not on LinkedIn, yeah. you're wrong. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's how we met. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's actually how we met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, go ahead. Uh, tell, tell the story of how you got. Yeah, um, it was November of 2011 that um, that a lot of things changed for me for the good. Um, it was the week of Veterans Day. Um, I was still serving um, in the Air National Guard. 
and my boss came up to me. Um, her name was Ms. Jordana. So Taylor, um, hey, Jason. Um, so on the week of Veterans Day, I'm going to give you like a small budget, identify um, a few veteran service organizations um, in the local area, have them come out each day um, for practice, meet the players. So give them a tour of the facility. So spend time with them. Um, the veterans um, had a chance to meet the players. So sign autographs. And then on Sunday, we were able to go to the game. On that Friday, I went home and I told my wife, Erica, I don't want to work in professional sports. Hmm. Um, and here I am, like, I'm literally like living a dream. I'm a month away from my internship ending. I was crossing my fingers that maybe I'll have a chance to have this turn into a full-time job. And here I am going home telling my wife, I don't want to work in professional sports because it was that week that I was talking to the full-time employees for each organization. Like, wait, so you're getting paid to do this? So you're not a volunteer, then asking them all the questions about their background and trying to size up, great, what special education or type of training do you need to work for a veteran service organization? And as they were talking about their experience, I'm like, I can do that. You're getting paid to do that. So here I am, like the best part of my internship, there's a lot of so highlights, but it was that week and it dawned on me, oh, that's my next path. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do it. Um, so long story short, my internship ended and um, I actually did not take a job at the Washington um, so football team. Um, I decided like to take like a different path. I was unemployed for roughly five months. Um, then I took a job at the Veterans Health Administration in the DC area. I did that for a year and I realized I really wasn't serving in the way that I wanted to. Um, it, then it's easy to go back and say, you know what? Maybe I made a mistake, but I, I wasn't at that point yet. I knew there was something else out there. So I registered for services at Hire Heroes USA because I knew that I needed help with my resume. I knew I needed help with my interview skills. I needed help and the fact that it was a free service. Um, right. So I registered for services and I have to give a shout out to Jesse Sanchez um, because she was my transition coach at Hire Heroes USA. If it wasn't for her, I would never have had the chance. She saw something in me that I didn't see in myself that she's like, hey, Jason, I really think that you could work at Hire Heroes USA. And I'm like, wait, I don't know how to be a career coach, but she's like, you have skills that we can't train. We can teach you the things that you need to know. So my wife and I are living in the DC area, Hire Heroes USA, and they took a chance on me. Um, and then we relocated to Alpharetta, Georgia, which is um, so just north of Atlanta. And then that's when I realized that I was making a difference. Having a chance to be a career coach at Hire Heroes USA, um, I didn't know how to be a career coach, but I knew what it was like to be on the other end of the phone because I was that person. And it was an incredible so three-year experience of helping military veterans and, um, and their spouses who are transitioning out of the military to help them not only like find a job, but more importantly, I think those getting out of the military are not looking for a job, they're looking for a career. And it was incredible. Um, so I did that for three years and then I transitioned over um, to Emory Healthcare and their veterans program, um, which is um, an organization that helps post 9-11 veterans who are struggling with the invisible wounds of war. I did that for a year and a half and it was an incredible experience. Um, I have no doubt that it helped me just working there, I guess, to tighten up my shock group a little bit. Um, and then it was like September of 2017. I was at a symposium, America's Warriors, so partnership here in Atlanta. And I went into um, uh, it was a breakout session. 
was roughly like an hour long. It said, Travis Manion Foundation, so leading with your strengths. I was like, oh, I knew a little bit uh, about Travis Manion Foundation. So I went with what I knew. And I'm not sure if you or if anybody in your audience has ever been sitting in a room and you feel like you're the only one in there in the message and what they were talking about with leading with your strengths. How do I identify your top, so character traits, how to leverage that in all aspects of your life. And, and I, I wasn't looking for a job, but right. afterwards, you know, I could have walked out of the room. I went up front, started um, a conversation with a couple other full-time employees. Then fast forward a couple months, I started my journey at the Travis Manley Foundation, November of 2017. And I feel like going back from being in the army, active duty, and everything that I was doing, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the ups and downs, led me to being the person I needed to be at the Travis Manion Foundation. And it doesn't feel like work because I feel like I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to. And people who know me, my friends and family, I tell them all the time that I'm like a volunteer who gets a paycheck every two weeks. Want to support an active duty owned brand? Head over to Fortis-Fidelis.com. Again, that's Fortis-Fidelis.com. And help us in honoring the brave and faithful service of our nation's defenders. All proceeds will help us create and provide memorial coins to the families of our fallen service members. Again, that's Fortis-Fidelis.com. And help Fortis Fidelis in honoring the brave and faithful. I, that's that's a great story, man. And I think that we talked about that earlier about networking and, and connecting with people, right? Like you just mentioned like significant events that led you to your second service now to what you're doing. And, and that's helping, you know, veterans uh, transitioning out of the military or, uh, you know, military members transitioning out of the, the military. Um, Jason, what would you say has been the most rewarding experience so far you've had with, with this second service? Um, it's probably like what I do now, um, because it's what led me back to grad school, um, actually having a chance to work with youth um, and uh, allowing our next generation to feel seen and heard and it's something really special when you're at a service project and a 13 year old is the project leader and they're making it look easy to be a project leader. Um, and, and, and just allowing them to understand that they don't have to wait for an adult to step up and be the change. They can step up, they can step up not only in school, but in their community and be the leaders that they want to be. So, um, and it's inspiring because it takes me back to my childhood and I didn't feel like a leader uh, when I was 12 and 13. And um, one in three youth, they don't know what it's like to have a positive so role model. So working at the Travis Manion Foundation and having a chance to work with veterans, families of fallen heroes and our first responders to get them trained as a mentor, to allow them to go out and engage our next generation of leaders is really, um, it's an absolute honor to work here. It really is. And you said you've been working with the foundation since 2017 or so with during that time, have you, what are some of the roles um, you've had with within the foundation? Um, uh, uh, the main role that I've had since and so day one, um, and it's definitely like a big one, but one 
that um, absolutely honored to have our Southeast region and having a chance to lead that and be our regional lead. Um, in the eight states that we cover is Alabama, it's Mississippi, Georgia, Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, um, it's Tennessee, and it's so Kentucky. And um, it hits myself and so David Boyd, um, the two full-time employees, and we have over like 5,000 Spartans in the Southeast region and just having a chance to serve them because that's not the other way around. David and I, we serve our Spartans. We work for our Spartans because they're the ones out in the community and they're making things happen um, through the five simple words of if not me, then who? That if we don't step up and do it, who else is going to do it? That's awesome, man. That's great to hear. And uh, for those who might be interested or who want to get involved with the foundation, um, can you give them like an actionable step that they can take right now in, in doing so? Well, um, yes. Um, I guess the first one um, is to go online, www.travismanion.org. In the top right-hand corner, so join the mission. It might take you 60 seconds. Um, and as soon as you join the mission, uh, depending on where you live, regional staff is going to reach out to you. And, and we, as an organization, are going to figure out what is your Spartan experience? What is your journey going to be? Because we don't want to dictate what your volunteer experience is going to be with us. Our staff know that we work for you. We want you to have the volunteer experience that you want to have. Um, and it's just a really special place like to be. But more importantly, so uh, I'm just not plugging, uh, I guess, the Travis Manion Foundation. Those in uniform or those who haven't worn the uniform, whether it's the Travis Mania Foundation or there's a lot of other organizations out there, just getting out in the community and being part of the positive change, that's really like the first step. And I think the, I, and I think the five simple words of, if not me, then who? Really, yes, um, it's our ethos at the, Travis, at the Travis Mania Foundation, but I think that it can be an ethos for a lot of people right now. And, uh, you know, you mentioned about volunteering. What are, like, if, if, one, if somebody decides to join and be part of the foundation, like what can they expect as far as like volunteering, like, um, you know, hours and the events and things like that? What, like, what are some of the requirements? Uh, well, we I actually don't really have any type of like requirements that if I'm a Spartan that you have to donate a certain amount of time. Uh, we definitely don't want to dictate that. Um, okay. You know, if you want to give us five hours a week, maybe like five hours a month, it's completely up to the Spartan. But we have so many different so programs like our character does matter so program which um, allows you to get trained as a mentor in order to be trained as a mentor you just have to fall into like one of the three buckets of being um, a veteran a family of a fallen hero or a first responder and then when you get trained as a mentor now you're able to go work with a youth audience and help empower and inspire um, our next generation on how to be the leader they need to be not only at school but in their local community if being a mentor is not for you maybe being um, a project leader for um, operation legacy operation legacy allows you to go out in your community and conduct a service project in the name of a fallen hero um, we also have our 9-11 Heroes Run, which is going to be coming up in so September, and we're really excited like this year because it's the 20-year anniversary and 9-11 does fall on a Saturday. Um, last year, we would have had over 50 races in person, but because we know uh, 2020 was a definitely, um, it was a different type of year with a pandemic, we had less than 10 races live. 
uh, but we're hoping to be back up to full strength so this year. So there's a lot of ways to get involved at the Travis Manion Foundation, but we're never going to dictate what your Spartan experience is going to look like. We're going to ask you the right questions to figure out how you can find a home um, here at the Travis Manion Foundation. For those of you guys just listening in, uh, talking to Jason Dodge, the senior manager of the Southeast region for the Travis Manion Foundation. So Jason, before we go to our second sec second segment of the podcast here, um, what's one thing you want our listeners or viewers to take away from this episode? Um, that you don't have to wear a uniform in order to serve. And if you have worn a uniform and, um, and you're trying to figure out where to go, Next, uh, I, I would definitely roll up your sleeves, get out in your community because service uh, definitely is a big part of my life. And I think it should be a big part of a lot of others. Uh, my wife, she never served in the military, but she spent a couple years in Peace Corps. Um, and now her full-time job, she works at Habitat for Humanity. Mm -hmm. I, and I know that I keep harping on it, the service and getting back out in your local community. Um, I just say that because um, I know what it's like when Fort Couch gets a hold of you and you come home from work and, um, and your new fort is, so Fort Couch, and I believe Fort Couch is the enemy. So let's get off Fort Couch and let's get moving out in the community. I love that. I've never heard of that, the Fort, <laughs> fort Couch. Uh, get, get off it. And uh, yeah, I mean, like, I think that's the simplest thing you can do, right? Just find, find something within you know, your local community that you can volunteer your time in and you know, and, and go out there and just serve. Like you said, you don't have to be a, a wear uniform to be of service to others. So I love that, man. Uh, so Jason, so this is our second segment here. This is what I call the fast five. So basically I ask the same five questions, ask all my guests. Are you ready? All right, so first question, what's one hobby you enjoy? Ooh, and it's a hobby that I'm gonna have a lot of fun with. So this weekend, um, I love smoking meat on my Traeger. Um, um, I already know what I'm going to be rocking on Monday, ribs and a lot of chicken. I love my Traeger. <laughs> awesome, man. Second question. If you had to choose one person to hang out with for one day, who would it be and why? It's Teddy Roosevelt. And it's because it's Teddy Roosevelt. Um, I, I really don't think that I'd be doing a lot of, so talking, I know I'd probably have a notepad and I'd be doing a lot of listening just to get his, um, his insight on life and leadership. But I have a feeling that it would, um, that, that our evening would end around a cop, um, a campfire with a lot of scotch. Yeah. That'd be an interesting, uh, sit down with TDR. Definitely. <laughs> Uh, next question, Jason, recommend a book for our audience to read. Oh, man. Um, probably have to go with, so Last Child in the Woods. Um, Last Child in the Woods is a book that um, is focusing on so nature, so deficit disorder, how there is a generation of youth that don't have a connection with Mother Nature and the thought of going outside and so playing, it doesn't register. I'm not sure how old you are, but I remember my days and like my nights, especially in the summertime, I wasn't inside. I was outside riding my bike, playing mm. in the woods all day long. So Last Child in the Woods is just really a great read. And it's really not about getting the youth out um, uh, in the mother nature, but I also think there is a generation of adults that need to go out in mother nature and have a chance to reconnect. Last Child in the Woods, you said by Richard. 
Richard Love. Love. Okay. Next question, Jason. What's what's your favorite quote and why? Um, to realize one's destiny is a person's only obligation. Um, it's a really good book. Uh, it's called The Alchemist. Um, I I like to take that quote down to two words. It's passion and purpose. Mm. Really, um, I think there's a lot of people out there who just aren't finding a lot of like fulfillment, whether it's at work, they're not fulfilled at home. But what is that passion and purpose? What gets you excited? And when you find out exactly what it is, man, it's just an awesome feeling because I know what it's like to be doing something where you're just doing it. And um, it, there really isn't a lot of meaning and purpose, but I also know what it's like when you do have that meaning and purpose. Uh, yeah, just to add on to that, also having the courage to, you know, if you're not finding yourself, uh, fulfilling yourself in what you're doing now, you know, try to find, like you said, try to find something you're passionate about and, and uh, that, that, that'll give your life purpose and, you know, take action and have the courage to go for it, you know? Um, so I love that, man. That's another great book, by the way, The Alchemist. Uh, Jason, last question. Where do you see yourself in a year, five years, or even 10 years from now? Wow. Um, Long-term plan. Um, I know that it's going to involve um, outdoors, youth, and character and leadership. So development um, uh, that, um, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but having a chance to work with youth in an outdoor so setting, but uh, also having a curriculum that's focused on character and leadership, so development. Uh, I definitely see that in my future. So you mentioned that earlier with the, uh, the foundation, the youth project. Can you just elaborate uh, more on that for, for our listeners? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so we're really focused at the Travis Mania Foundation. Probably um, our flagship so program is Character Does Matter, so program um, that is focused on um, the 24 character traits that are centered in so positive, so psychology. Um, and, and it allows us to really help our next generation focus, identify what their um, top strengths are, how to leverage that in all aspects of their life, but also share stories of those individuals who exemplify that particular um, so character trait. And then, and then um, as we're going through our character and leadership, so courses, then also getting those students out in their local community and doing a service project in the name of a fallen hero. Because it's really special when these youth are coming through our character does matter so program. And then when they get out in the community and they're conducting a service project and those light bulbs are going off and they're like, wait, if not me, then who? Oh, I am a part of the positive change. Oh, I don't have to wait for an adult, I guess, right. to step up. I do feel seen and heard because there's a generation of youth that don't feel seen and heard. Um, and, and I think youth voice is very important, allowing our next generation that um, your thoughts, your opinions do matter. But I think it's going to take us adults like to work with the next generation because they are the future. Right. Most definitely, man. If not me, then who? Uh, Jason, I appreciate your time, man. Uh, thank you for, for sharing your story and, uh, you know, informing the audience a little more about the Travis Mannion Foundation. Uh, before we go, where can our audience 
where can they stay in touch with you? Where can they support you? Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, I'm very active on so Facebook, Instagram, so LinkedIn. Um, uh, not only are you able to find me on all those platforms, but um, also the Travis Manion Foundation. It's Jason Dodge. And, um, and uh, I, I can share, um, I guess, my email address if anybody like wants to reach out to me. And that's Jason, um, Jason dot Dodge at travismanion.org. Is that correct? Awesome, man. So I appreciate it again for your time, Jason. Uh, for those of you all listening who are interested in connecting with Jason, make sure you do so on those platforms. Uh, you know, give him, give him an email, jason.dodge at travismanion.org. And uh, make sure you guys support and check out the Travis Manion Foundation. Jason, I appreciate it for your time, man. And uh, hopefully I'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. I really appreciate yours. Thank you for the opportunity. All right. Take care, man. Thanks. Hey everyone, Raiden here. I just want to thank you for listening to our podcast. And make sure you guys go check out our website, fortist-fidelis.com. Again, that's fortist-fidelis.com. And learn how you can help us support in providing these memorial coins to the families of the fallen. And make sure you guys go follow our social media on Facebook, FRTS, FDLS. Again, that's FRTS, FDLS. And on Instagram and Twitter at FRTS underscore FDLS. Again, that's FRTS underscore FDLS. And make sure you guys go subscribe, review, and leave a comment on our podcast on all the podcast platforms. Till then, take care.